All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, and we'll just read verses 1 through 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, say this. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart at his left. Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him. And he saith to every one that he is a fool. Ecclesiastes 10, verses 1 through 3. Let's pray again. <clears throat> Father, again, we thank you for your goodness and grace. And Lord, we just want to say we love you this morning. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you hold us in. Uh, dear God, and that you'll never let us go. And Lord, we can lean on you and abide in you and trust in you and cast all our cares upon you. And uh, Lord, what a blessing that is. Lord, we pray for each one that's here. Lord, we pray for each one that's listening. And dear God, that you would work in their lives, work in our lives uh, through your word this morning. And Lord, we'd sure love to see the Lord Jesus Christ high and lifted up. And uh, Lord, that our desire would ever be towards him. Lord, you know the struggles that people have, whether they're physical, whether they're spiritual, whether they're financial. Uh, dear God, you know what's going on in each life. And uh, Lord, we pray for them. Lord, if somebody's here listening that's not saved, Lord, I pray that you would convict that heart, that one would put their trust in you. Lord, we think of our uh, lost loved ones. And uh, Lord, we think of people that uh, we've witnessed to and people that we've met, even just tracks that we've uh, left around and somebody picked them up, perhaps read it. Lord, take that and convict hearts. And so again, Lord, we thank you that we can meet together and worship and adore the Lord our God and be a blessing and encouragement to one another as well. And Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we uh, look at these verses and, you know, again, it's, a, it's amazing how the Lord can just take uh, the simplest uh, things, the simplest thoughts and uh, teach us uh, valuable lessons uh, to help us in our lives. Recently, we looked at uh, uh, fleas. Uh, today, we're looking at uh, flies. Anybody here collect insects, right? Uh, I don't know if anybody's taking their children their, to the Children's Museum. Uh, Victor likes to go there. And if you collect things, right, you're not allowed to uh, kill them yourself. So uh, I'm hoping to kill this big snake that's been in my yard, but I guess he won't be able to, if he didn't kill it himself, I guess he can take it. But if you find, uh, you know, like a, a frog that's all dried up, he's found those and uh, snake skins or whatever, you can collect them and take them there and the kids get points and they can uh, get things. So just a Side note to you, uh, parents or grandparents, but uh, 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 so they, they collect those things. But here, of course, the Bible talks about the snakes and all these things and fleas, and here it mentions flies. But again, notice verse 1. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor, so doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. And uh, notice there it says the ointment of the apothecary. And just a reminder of what an apothecary is. Of course, today we think of a pharmacist, but an apothecary not only mixed medicine like we think about, but mixed ointments, perfumes, and the such. Matter of fact, if you turn over to Exodus chapter 30 real quick, we'll look at a couple verses there in Exodus uh, with an interesting uh, uh, thought. Uh, Exodus chapter 30, Exodus chapter 30, and notice what verse 25 says in Exodus 30. Talking this, it says, And thou shalt make an oil, notice the statement, of a holy ointment, an ointment compound, 
after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. Notice verse 35 of chapter 30. And thou shalt make it a perfume. There it is. A confection after the art of the apothecary. Notice the statement, tempered together, pure and holy. Let me give you one verse from Exodus 37, 29 says this. And he made the holy anointing oil and the pure incense of sweet spices according to the work of the apothecary. So we just see this thought of the apothecary. Notice again, verse 35 uses this term, tempered together, tempered together, right? That means that thought has the, the, the thought of seasoning. In other words, adding the right ingredients and then mixing them together, adding the, taking the right ingredients, mixing them together, right? And then it calls it pure and holy. Boy, if we could stop there a while, that is, a, and we'll see this in these verses, but that is a beautiful picture of what God did in your life when he saved you. That's what he did. He took the right ingredients, amen? He took the Lord Jesus Christ. He took the Holy Spirit. He took the Word of God. He took the blood. And he took all these good things, amen? And he mixed them together in your life and created something pure and holy in your life. So verse 25 again says, the holy ointment, an ointment compound. And of course, we see that word uh, uh, ointment in verse one. So that ointment like a perfume. So what a beautiful picture that is of you, right? And it says you, right? You're a beautiful uh, ointment, a beautiful perfume, if you will, that God has put together. And you know what? You're supposed to give off a savor, a savor. And of course, that word savor means a smell, a scent, an odor, right? Hopefully positive one. In the Bible, a savor before God is supposed to be something positive. It's supposed to be something positive. It's supposed to be something good, right? God desires a sweet-smelling savor, not a stinky one, right? A sweet-smelling savor, not a stinky one. Let me give you a few verses that talk about that sweet savor coming up before God. One of the first places we see it, of course, is right after the flood, Right after the flood, it says this in Genesis 8, 20. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast. Now remember, that's why, you know, everybody thinks he just took two of each. No, he took two, uh, of, I think, of the unclean, but seven of the clean, right? So he'd have that extra one, right? Uh, get rid of that extra guy, amen? Everybody should be paired up. And so he sacrificed that one. He says he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar, and it says this in verse 21 of Genesis 8, and the Lord smelled a sweet savor, amen. That came up before the Lord as a sweet savor. And how did the Lord respond? And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of his heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore every living thing, uh, everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat, summer and winter and day and night shall not see. So he gives that thought right after he smells that sweet savor from the altar that Noah had put up. Let me give you a couple other verses. Of course, when we get into Exodus and the tabernacle and the sacrifices, it says Exodus 29, 18, and thou shalt burn the whole ram upon the altar and it is a burnt offering unto the Lord. It is a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. 
Exodus 29, 41. And the other lamb, right? Thou shalt offer it even and shall do thereto according to the meat offering of the morning and according to the drink offering thereof for a sweet savor and offering made by fire unto the Lord. Then in Leviticus 2, 2, it says this, and he shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest, and he shall take thereof, notice this, his handful of flour, and the oil thereof, and all the frankincense thereof, right? Think about the apothecary, got some flour, got some oil, got some frankincense, and the priest shall burn the memorial of it upon the altar to an offering made by fire. And here it is, a sweet savor unto the Lord. So as we think about your life as a child of God, right? Your life before God your life before God is supposed to be a sweet-smelling savor before God. Let's look at some verses in the New Testament that give us that thought. Some verses in the New Testament. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 say this. Be therefore followers of God, right? That thought of following as dear children. I like that. Followers of God as dear children. You are special to the Lord. Verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God, what? For a sweet-smelling Savior. He gave himself as a sacrifice, as a sweet-smelling Savior, and that's what we are in Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.15, for unto God, for we, here it is, 2 Corinthians 2.15, for we, it's you and me, the believers, the saints, the children of God, for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ, right? In them that are saved and in them that perish. So the Lord says, child, here's, here, here, here's, here's what the, the Lord likes to think, amen? When, uh, when, when he thinks about you, he says, man, that's my child. I've taken the right ingredients, amen? I've mixed it all together. I've made them pure. I've made them holy, Right? I made them a sweet perfume unto me, a sweet ointment unto me. And so God, He wants to come by you and He say, He wants to be able to say, He wants to say, Child, you smell good. You smell good. A matter of fact, He takes it maybe a step further. He not only wants to be able to say, Child, you smell good, He wants to be able to say, Child, you smell God. Amen. That's even better. Amen. Not only do you smell good, you smell God, right? Amen. All oh, Christ, right? He smells uh, his son, if you will, right? And that is what he has done in your life. And so that's the thought that God wants to have, right, when he thinks of you. And notice what it says here as we look again at verse 1. We think about that thought, savor. And then it says, talking about those flies, we'll get into that. But so doth a little folly him. Now notice what it says about him. Him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. That is what the child of God is supposed to be, of reputation, of wisdom, of honor. You as a child of God, amen, you are to smell, you are to give off the fragrance of God in your life, right? God wants to smell it and he wants the world to notice, amen, that there's a sweet fragrance coming from you. Right? And he's made you his child, right? He's made you of reputation, he's made you of wisdom, and he's made you of honor. So we know what does he want? He wants the right fragrance, amen, to flow from our life. Notice that word reputation. That speaks of that which is valuable, that which is precious, that which is noble, that which is moral, 
that which is ethical, right? That is how the Lord wants you to be thought of. What is, what is his reputation? Let me tell you, that brother, his reputation, amen, is precious. His reputation is noble. That brother right there is moral. When I think of him, I think of somebody that's moral. When I think of her, that sister, I think of somebody that's ethical. When I think of them, I think of somebody that's worthy, if you will, amen, in the things of God. And so God wants us to have a good, solid reputation before him and a good, solid reputation before the world. And notice what it says, for wisdom and honor. God wants to give you a life of wisdom. God, as his child, God wants to give you a life of honor. A matter of fact, he has placed you in a position of honor. Think about the position. You have a position of honor. Amen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 2 says, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Man, you, we all have a position of honor. We think, well, you know, we, in our job, we think, well, I wish I had that position or maybe in government. Oh, I wish I had that position. Listen, you have the greatest position that one can possess on earth. You're now the child of God. It doesn't get any better than that. Amen. If you are are being and living the life that he would have you to live. That word honor means this. Again, uh, uh, one of, one of worth. When you think of somebody that deserves honor, you think of somebody of worth, someone that is worthy to be held in respect, someone uh, uh, to recognize. It means to recognize. You give them honor because you recognize they're worthy of something. They're worth something. Man, that, that person is, is worth something. And one thing, amen, is honor. Now think about that. God looked at you, unbelievable. Even while you were yet in your sin, God recognized that to him, at least, to him, you were worth something. Hard to believe. Man, when I think about uh, that, that little uh, 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 rascal of a kid, amen, that ran the streets uh, uh, years ago in the great state of Ohio, didn't find out if Ohio State won last night. But uh, listen, watch it, Sister Sherry. Watch it, Sister, repent, right? But think about this, that God looked down, saw me, saw you, and he said, that child, that little boy right there, that little girl right there is worth something to me. Worth something. It means something to me. And so what did he do? He sent his son to die for you. Why? Because God, uh, uh, you, you were worth something to God. Even as a sinner, your soul was worth something to God. How much more now that you're a child of God, now that you've been washed in the blood, now that you've been cleaned up, now that you, a new man has been created you in righteousness and true holiness, you have worth to God. Amen. And God said, listen, as your child, you're worth honor. You're worthy to be honored. So, and then it says wisdom. Wisdom. That means knowledge and insight. The ability to discern what is right. Boy, sometimes, <laughs> listen, that's what we need to have. And more and more. Listen, as, as, as the world gets more complicated, listen, young people, that is why it's so important that you get saved and walk with God because as the world gets more complicated, as the, the social issues, if you will, get more complicated, 
right? This generation, your generation needs people like you with wisdom that can discern what is right and be willing to stand up for what is right and show that, hey, you're a person of reputation in the things of God. You're a person with the wisdom of God and worthy uh, to be honored because you stand for the things of God. So the ability to discern what is right. I like this thought. One that has knowledge of the most precious things. What a, what a wonderful thought. Listen, uh, God has saved you. He's cleaned you up, amen. He's helped you as you've walked with him in your life. He's allowed you to have a good reputation as a child of God. He's given you a position of honor. And then he's given you wisdom. He's allowed you to have the knowledge of the most precious things in this life. As a believer, that is so true. We have knowledge of the most precious things. That is things that really matter. The things that matter the most. A child of God, because he's, again, he's saved and walks with God and he's a student of the word of God. He has knowledge and wisdom amen, of the most precious things, of the things that really matter in this life, such as the truths of God. Think about the truths of God that you have the privilege of knowing, that you have the ability to understand, the understanding of life, the understanding of death in light of the word of God, the understanding of God and who he really is and and what he really is and, and what he's done in creation and what he's done in you. Righteousness and sin. Boy, what's more important than being able to understand the difference between righteousness and sin, between heaven and hell, and then how to apply, how to apply this work right, this book right here in your daily life. God has given you that wisdom and that discerning spirit. What a wonderful thing God has done for us as his children, amen, as his sweet ointment, amen, that he's mixed together, amen, when he saved us. Romans eleven thirty three says this, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, his ways past finding out. Oh, the depths of his riches, both of his wisdom, amen. Listen, uh, uh, God just wants us to continue to, to grow in him and grow in the wisdom that he provides for us. And so we see a place of reputation. We see wisdom and honor. But then notice, it mentions another type of person in verses two and three. A man's heart is at his right hand A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart at his left. Verse three, yea, also when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom, look at this, his wisdom faileth. And he saith to everyone that he's a fool. You walk by, hey, listen, I've met people. I've talked to them a little bit or maybe just wash them, and I walked away saying, that person is a fool. That person is a fool. You know what? That ought not to be said about the child of God. 
A fool does not have such a reputation. A fool does not have such a place of honor. A fool does not have such wisdom as God has provided for us as his children. Psalm 14, 1, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Again, I say, note, I say this all the time. He said in his heart, he doesn't believe it. A man cannot believe there's no God, even though he might say it. Why? John chapter 1, he, the, he put a light in man, the light that lighteth Every man that cometh into the world. God put something in man when he was born. That's why he can't, right? There's no way he can be an atheist. I don't believe that. I don't believe, you know, and God doesn't believe in atheists, and I don't believe in atheists. Proverbs 14:9. Fools make a mock at sin. So you know what that means? Anybody can be a fool. Saved or unsaved, anybody can be a fool. And that's what verse 1 is telling us. Verse 1 is telling us, you see, because notice what we see again in verse 1. So doth a little folly, a little folly. Notice that statement. You see, when we allow sin as believers, when we allow sin to have a dominion over us, right, it references a life of foolishness. A life devoid of wisdom, understanding a life that corrupts. In other words, even though you might be saved, but you allow, your, you allow sin to get into your life, you fall into sin. You know what? A believer acts like a fool. A believer acts like a fool when they allow dead flies to stink up what God has made beautiful, what God has made pure, and what God has made Precious. Let me say that again. A believer, thank God you're saved. But when you allow sin to find its place in your life, when you allow sin to have dominion in your life, you act like a, the, the world can't tell any difference from you than the biggest fool out there because you are letting sin have place in your life. A believer acts like a fool. A believer plays the fool. When they allow dead flies, if you will, to stink up what God has made beautiful, pure, and precious. Flies. Oh, man. I take flies. Man, kill, man I spend I, this time of year, what what I do? I got two fly swatters in the house. Man, I'm always trying to catch that fly. I'm not as good as the little tailor. Everybody knows the little tailor? Seven in one stroke. Remember Mickey Mouse? Seven in one stroke, and they thought he was talking about the giants, that he killed seven giants. All right, you can watch that later. Anyways, flies. Is there anything much worse or that we dislike more than seeing a nasty fly land on our food, right? You're about to take a bite of that sandwich. <sighs> the next half hour, you're always killing that fly, trying to. But here's the thing. It's one thing for it to land on your food. It's another thing for it to be there long enough to die. Amen. Maybe have a few maggots, right? It's another thing for it to die, right? And then things begin to stink and go bad. You see, notice these, it doesn't just say flies, it says dead flies. Either they were there long enough to die or somebody put them there <laughs> one way or the other. First, Peter teaches us, right? Notice these are dead flies. And that is what sin is supposed to be to us. We're supposed to be dead to sin as we've studied before. Romans 6, 2, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, Jesus, that what? That we, you and me, 
the children of God, you and me, that sweet ointment, you and me, the ones with the reputation, you and me with the place of honor, you and me with wisdom, how shall we, being dead to sins, right? We should what? Live under righteousness. We should live under by whose stripes we're here. So listen, these dead flies, and you see, these flies are supposed to be dead to us. Ephesians uh, uh, Ephesians, if you want to turn over to Ephesians 5, we read verses 1 and 2, which were good. But listen, let me, let me name some flies that get into people's ointment. Examples of flies. Gossip. Flew right in and flew right out your mouth. <laughs> that gossip flew right in. That fly flew right out of your mouth. That's what happened when you gossip. You let a fly fly right out of your mouth. Bitterness flew right into your heart, landed. Zzz. I hate flies. Pride. All these flies. Unbelief. Apathy toward God. Envy. Anything that displeases God. Well, you let those flies right in. Ephesians 5, verse 3, name some and four. four. But fornication, all uncleanness, covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints. Get those, get those flies out of here. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of things. Boy, this is, this is what you need to do over your heart and over your mind, amen? <laughs> Listen, you, need, you say, Holy, Holy Spirit, amen? Just keep your arm moving. Keep that truth moving, amen? Keep moving over my heart and keep moving over my mind, amen? Keep those flies away from my mind. Keep those flies away from my heart. Don't let them find a place to land. Verse 5, for this ye know, that no whoremonger or unclean person, no covetous man, which is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. But be, be not ye their partakers with them. Be not partakers with them. Hey, don't be like them. Don't be like that fool. Don't be like that fool. Let them see that there's a clear distinction a clear place of separation between the fool and the faithful. Amen? Between the fool and the child of God. You see, again, it's one thing, again, for sin or desire to land in your mind. It's another thing, again, for it to be there long enough that it, causes, it begins to cause stink in your life. And that's what it'll do. You, you let those flies stay there, and it won't be long. They'll cause stink in your life. You'll smell it, the world will smell it, and God will smell it because you let it be where it shouldn't be. Thank God for Numbers 3.23 says this, But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. You think you can take them flies and mix it up in the ointment and nobody will notice? They will notice. You will notice. God will notice. And God says when that happens, you stink. You stink in the nostrils of a holy God. You stink before your heavenly Father. What a sad thing it is. But thank God. Thank God, amen, for the blood of Christ. 1 John 1, 5-7 says this. This then is the message which we have heard of him 
and declare unto you that God is light and as him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie, right? We can say it this way. If we allow the fly, we lie. <laughs> if you want to say it that way, thank you. I had to come up with Sister Judy again, right? If we allow the fly, we lie. We're lying to the world. If we let those things follow us around and be in our life. If we walk in the light, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And so what does God want from you? He says, dead flies, verse one, cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. God does not want that in your life. He looks at you, amen. He saved you. He put the right ingredients in you. Right? He mixed everything just right. And boy, he wants you to be a sweet-smelling savor before him and a sweet-smelling savor before the world. Boy, those sacrifices, as they would come up before God as a sweet-smelling savor. Romans 12.1 says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, a sweet-smelling sacrifice, amen, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. It's the right thing to do as a child of God. A living, sweet-smelling saber before God. That is what he wants your life to be. Again, he wants you to be one with a godly reputation. He wants you to be one showing forth the wisdom of God and enjoying that place of honor that he's given you, enjoying the place of honor God has given you as his child. So as you look at your life today, boy, does it, man, have you, have, you, have you been swatting those flies? Or do you say, oh, man, I feel like a couple flies have landed. Amen. I didn't take the time to swat them off. So as we finish up here, think about this. The closer we are to Christ, the closer we are to Christ, the sweeter the fragrance our life will give off. We sing that song gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Now we think about that in our relationship with him, but that all should be true, also should be true of the fragrance in our life. It should get sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. And because the fragrance, amen, if you will, of our life gets sweeter and sweeter, that's why our relationship with him, you see, they, they, they work together, right? Our relation with him gets sweeter, we get sweeter. And as we get sweeter, our relationship with him. So the closer we are to Christ, the sweeter the fragrance our life gives off. Foolishness in our life causes our life, again, not to be sweet and beautiful before God. Hold sin in its severe regard, like we talked about the other day. Realize the awfulness of sin and keep it at bay. Keep those flies at bay and to think seriously about its consequences in our life, right? That will they, 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 they give off a stink before God. Confess. Confess. Today would be a good day to confess, if you will, the dead flies in your life. And God will clean them out and restore you. So again, verse 1, dead flies cause the ointment and the apothecary to send forth stinky savor. Let me ask you, here's a good, here's a, and this is a nice question when somebody comes into church. Instead of, you know, we always say, how you doing today? How are things going? Any news on anything, right? That's my big phrase. <laughs> how, how would you like to? You know what God, one thing God says? How do you smell today? How do you like that? How you like, that's real nice, isn't it? 
Well, good to see you, brother. How you smell today? <laughs> no reason I don't need to ask, right? How do you smell today? Good. That'd be real nice, isn't it? Would you say, would you walk up and say that to somebody? Huh? I think I'll try that tonight. No, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I'll come out with a couple of bruises. But would you like, would you enjoy somebody coming up and saying that to you? Well, hey, how do you smell today? Well, you know what? That's what God wants to know. God wants to know how you smell today. Let's pray.